Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences. So there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever time of day you're listening, it is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I am your host, Deal Royster, one of your hosts. Uh, my co-host, as always, Dave Early, is joining me once again. We both kind of went on vacation, and Dave, I don't know what happened, but like both of us go away for a week or more, and it's complete effing pandemonium out there. What the hell happened while I was away? Jesus. You tell me. All right. Let's, let's just go down the list then. So right. first off, first off, Jackson Frank, our, one of our beloved writers here on the site, gave a SB Nation Reacts poll, and the poll was basically a retrospect on what the fan opinion of the offseason was. 51% of voters gave D or F grades. 26% gave incompletes. And the rest of it, like, I don't know how people could be kind of positive about this offseason it's been very lackluster but you know 21 percent gave a b or a c and there are the two percent of people which i'm guessing is just like daryl morey and josh harris that gave and a couple and like three celtics fans and like three celtics fans that gave a for uh the sixers offseason so that that's fun that's good stuff let's focus let's start with the 51% that gave D or F grades. Now, David, I kind of get where and why they voted that way. It's been very tumultuous, and I feel like that's par for the course for this team, right? That's right. At this point, it's not a Sixers offseason unless some unless some bovine fecal matter goes down. <laughs> so I, I, I get last it. One, last one a lot of fans enjoyed. Last one a lot of fans enjoyed. Um, But this offseason was a lot different. We have the Harden situation now. We're dealing with what Brooklyn had to deal with prior to Harden being traded to Philly. And not only that, but the roster construction has been kind of, I don't know, iffy. I, I like 
bringing Paul Reed back. I like bringing in Mo Bamba on a moderately decent deal. I like Pat Beverly. I don't like Montreal Harrell coming back because, let's face it, you have Joel Embiid and there's like, what, four four centers now, including Joel, right? Yeah, my hunch is we would have gotten a, a five more people to give a C if Trez never opted out. You get the sense that the Sixers said, opt out and shop around. If someone gives you more money, take it. If not, we will give you a, min- a vet min deal just to keep our options open. You get a chance to make more money, and we get a chance to give you a vet min to save a few bucks in cap space, um, and you actually make more that way anyway. If he had never done that and just opted in, we wouldn't be talking about it. We would have just said that was last summer's mistake. So maybe a few more people would have been like, but the way it all played out, it was like, okay, first they signed Bamba and then they signed Trez. And you're like, well, now are they just prepared for Paul Reed to walk? And then they match Paul Reed. And on Twitter, they act like they never even hesitated on that one. So it's weird. You get three backup centers and now you have this hardened stalemate looming over everything. How could you possibly feel good? With the F grades, I don't know if I'm going that severe. I'm not giving it an F because no, Joel Embiid's still on the team. Tyrese Maxey's still on the team. They didn't move either of them for, I guess, 70, 80 cents on the dollar. So it wasn't like a full rebuild or anything. Not a complete success of an offseason either, but I can't in good conscience give them an F. Like, I'm not ready to go down that far. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I mean, getting Tyrese Maxey to purportedly be on board with not getting the type of extension some of his peers are getting. You know, he is watching Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo Ball just get absolutely paid $200 million plus. And some of these deals are being reported as up to $260 million. It's pretty staggering. He would have been in that ballpark. I don't know if he would have gotten quite that much. Maybe he would have been a bit lower. But um, if you're him, you got to be like, oh, man, there's such a bag I'm leaving on the table to extend next season. And if you're a Sixers fan, you're thinking, well, that's good. Now maybe there's this cap space dream. We didn't keep Jalen McDaniels on a two-year deal. We didn't keep Niang on a three-year deal. Um so, you know, there's in pl- and Harden opts in. So there is a world where they have a max contract to offer next summer in the brief weeks before they extend Tyrese Maxey. And that's all next summer stuff. So if you're just grading them on this summer, do you factor that in? Or do you say, you know, that'll be part of next summer's grade? But it's clear that they have more than a one-year plan so far. Right. I don't, I don't, I'm grading this offseason on a slight curve because, Yes, some of the moves that they had to do this offseason were more or less more or less self-inflicted, right? So you offer PJ Tucker the contract he got, Tobias is still on the books. You couldn't find a trade partner for him. So you're left with what can we get with the money that we have? I don't think they did horribly bad. I don't think they did great. I, I would say below average. So from that retrospect, I guess I'm giving them a D. I'm not giving them an F for sure, but I, I feel like D, D minus is kind of where I'm at with them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, 
there were rumors at one point in the summer that if they put Tyrese Maxey on the table for Dame Lillard, then they could get him because, you know, right. maybe if you've got a third team involved and you got two picks, two first round picks, maybe two good ones for Tyrese. I don't know if there's a world you could get three from someone like Danny Ainge, probably not from someone as stingy as he is, but maybe there's a team out there who thinks we're Tyrese Maxey away from winning or a team who thinks Tyrese Maxey would give us an influx of fans that we're not getting in our building right now. Correct. And is that worth putting on the table to get in these Lillard talks now that the NBA is sort of pressuring Dame's camp, which we'll get to after the break, I believe, right? Um, yes. To soften his Miami super team or bust stance. But because we don't yet know what's going to happen with Harden, and we're going to touch on that too, because there's still the possibility for some big changes, and Maury's hinted at that already by saying, you know, don't judge the team the roster in July judged by throughout the season. Um, I, I'm not ready to give him an F. I'm not ready to give him an A, obviously. So, you know, I'm probably in the C minus to D territory right now myself with a to be determined stamp hung over it all. And that segues perfectly into the 26% that gave incomplete grades. And those I feel are the hopeful ones where Harden does something or he's traded and the return back is not substantial, but uh, it's able to be swallowed. Let's put it that way. If it's a hardened trade that somehow improves the depth a little bit, because there therein lies the problem here. There's a lot of lack of depth specifically on the wings. So if the hardened trade yields back some of that, then maybe you see the grades go to more BC level. So I get the hope that these 26% have. I just don't know if it happens at this point. I feel like if a hardened trade was going to happen, it probably would have by now, right? I don't know. It sounds like no one is really um, motivated to get a deal done soon at this point, right? Yeah, um, training camp is right around the corner. Yeah, on NBA Today, the day we're recording this, on Monday, ESPN's Om Young basically hinted that the Clippers would, in their perfect world, keep Terrence Mann. They're not looking to get rid of him. He mentioned the new building in L.A. that they've got in mind, and if Kawhi's not here, if Paul George isn't here in the future, we want at least some young talent in the building, but then he added, I'm not saying they're not going to trade him. If the Sixers demanded him, that's a talk for later. And Ramona Shelburne basically said, Daryl's not going to do a trade unless they find a way to match their percentage to win the championship or get a package that allows them to find that type of player. So I think a deal is still possibly there. If I were the Clippers, I would feel pretty motivated to get it done because with PG and Kawhi on one-year deals, I think Harden's a nice a nice compliment. You got to try something on that. Got to try something with that group. And every time that Kawhi misses a game, Harden can carry the load along with PG. And every time PG misses a game, Harden can carry the load with Kawhi. And you could maybe get the chance to load manage Harden a little bit. It just works, in my opinion. I know Harden is a ball-dominant player. He doesn't help you a lot off the ball or on defense all that much. But you saw what he was able to bring 
in the playoffs. If Joel Embiid had been fully healthy, I think they advance one more round where they're hosting that series. And we're looking at James Harden a lot differently had Joel been hard, healthy in the playoffs, right? So if yeah. I were them, I would put a pick on the table and I would put Terrence Mann on the table and some cap filler like a Morris or a Batum to make it work. I wouldn't give them two picks and Terrence Mann, but I think maybe one pick in Mann and filler could be a sweet spot where both teams uh, come away from it feeling content. Before I move on to the next Sixers-related point, let me just ask you this since we're talking about the Clippers. Uh, Finish the sentence. With the Western Conference the way it is, Harden to the Clippers means the Clippers will end up blank in the Western Conference. Mm, That's a tough one because it always comes down to the health of their stars and their stars are never healthy. And that's been the biggest theme. I think Bleacher Report just included Kawhi Leonard, one of their most overrated players in the entire NBA. And that's not because of his talent level. I mean, when we watch him play, he reminds us of Jordan. We've talked about that. Like he's got those mid range pull-ups money in the bank and he's a lockdown defender. He can lead a team like a true superstar, but he's been breaking down and Paul George hasn't been, uh, you know, a 100 game player either. So you give Harden there looking at teams like Phoenix and Denver clearly in the top tier, right? Yeah. I don't think even with Harden, I don't think the Clippers are top three. It's too hard to put them in that top tier with Denver and Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix could just look like a super team. Let's be honest. It's possible. They could come out like an absolute juggernaut. I still don't think they're better than Memphis because eventually you're going to have John Morant come back and Steven Adams is back healthy. Like I don't think fully healthy. I don't think the Clippers can match up with how fast and how athletic the uh, Grizzlies are. If you granted I, me health, I would take the Clippers in that series with Harden on the team. I mean, I might take them without if you gave me a healthy Kawhi and PG for that series. In a seven-game series, it probably goes seven, but depending on who has the home game seven, I think that's who wins it. And Memphis probably would have home court because they're going to have a less load management to handle unless Jaron Jackson gets banged up again. Um, I, so, yeah, somewhere after that top tier, somewhere in the next tier, along with teams like the um, Lakers Memphis and the Lakers, yes. Dallas. Yeah, that's Golden State. That's where you probably start to consider them. I, I can I can. Sacramento. I can agree with that. And just circling back to the Sixers offseason real quick before we go to break. There were positives about this offseason, right? We, like you said, we didn't give Massey the extension this offseason. Yeah, we I kicked I that can down the big, road. I view that as a big positive because of the potential. Yeah. We kicked that down the road. And then, of course, Doc Rivers is no longer the head coach. It's Nick Nurse, and <laughs> I feel a lot better. Listen, I like massive, Doc, but like massive upgrade there. It's I feel it's a massive upgrade on the sidelines. And if what he's saying about Paul Reed is possible, and he can make Paul Reed into this Pascal Siakam type player, I'm all for that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get your hopes that high, but yeah, I, it's a big upgrade over Doc. I mean, they see, went from. Doc was a bottom 10 coach to now a top 10 coach. And as Eric Spolester shows you pretty much every other year, coaching matters so much. I mean, it's 
cliche to say that coaching is overrated, but you watch the final two rounds of the NBA playoffs and it's like, oh, coaching is enormous. I just get excited. I just get excited when new coaches and new ideas come in on the scene. You know, I was happy for those first like, I don't know, three days that Doc was the head coach. And now I'm like all excited for the incoming months of Nick Nurse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a big upgrade. Um, but like, also, I I didn't mind matching Paul Reed all that much. Like, I I feel like he took a step in his development last season. So matching him, I think, was not necessarily critical, but at the same time, it's something that you had to do given his uptick in production and uh, talent level. Yeah, if I would have told you in an I, absolute ideal world they got him on a three-year, $18 million deal, you would have taken that. Um, and so they get him on a, what, $23 million deal. They, they right. overpaid from their ideal standpoint by a few million bucks. But it, it's not this, um, you know, some of the people I saw in Utah were like, I can't believe the Sixers matched this weird contract where it's guaranteed yeah. if they make the second round. I'm like, $8 million a year for a guy who – keeps getting better he's still only 24 he's very athletic there's potential for upside i mean he did shoot 40 percent from three in the g league but um i know you want to still talk about things like dame and whether or not harden will sink the season trying to get traded (laughs) and we'll get into those topics after the break it is the liberty ballers podcast network this is the out of sight podcast we will be back after these words talking lillard harden Maybe some summer league. Dave, I don't know if you caught any of it while you were on vacation, but I heard some things that made me feel good a little bit. So we will discuss all of that and more after the break. Back after this. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. 
It is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Dave, you and I were on vacation for a little bit, but Damian Lillard, we have a bit of an update. He has not been traded anywhere. He is maintaining the fact that he wants to be in Miami with a super team, and that's it. And as a result, Adam Silver came down and just said, yeah, no, you're going to have to stop that. Um, when this all happened, I was perfectly okay with it. Damian Lillard, I understand to the best of my ability that you are a superstar and you want to be where you can get a ring if that is what is important to you. You have secured your bag already, so now you want the ring. Okay, fine. But limiting yourself to one team like that, and more importantly, doing it in public. David, did that kind of nuke his PR a little bit? Because I if I'm even if I'm even if I'm Miami, I'm like, oh yeah, we get Damian Lillard, but um what happens if things don't go well? Yeah, he just looks so bad being the guy who talked about loyalty and never running from the grind. Yes. And now he's like running as fast as anyone possibly can from all of the values that he toted publicly for so long. You, if you accept a super max contract, I'm not just a max extension, a super max, super max. There have been so few of those handed out in NBA history. If you accept that, you can't ask for a trade on, for one year, and to then to, to then take another two year extension on top of that, totaling well over two hundred million dollars, and he's got four years left on that deal if he were to opt into the final year. I think that that should take away your feeling of entitlement that you can go to any team you want. You, you took the supermax, and then you took the extension. You owe us another four years, man. You're under contract. Remember, we were having this conversation about Ben Simmons. Like, you're yes. for another three, four years. So you, you can't just demand a trade. We were mad at Ben for demanding a trade to any team. And this guy's demanding a trade to one team who doesn't have a package that's all that good. So, yeah, it absolutely nukes his PR and his reputation. The fact that Miami has been to the final seven times in the last 18 seasons or 20 seasons like yeah i think it's 18 so that's more than one out of every three years for the last almost two decades and they've been to the final four in the eastern conference finals three of the last four years you you make them what we should look at probably as a super team yes being there you jimmy and bam would be pretty tough for any team in the east to beat and it would be pretty tough for any team in the finals to beat on top um so yeah, I, it's just it's a weak move. It's really weak. I don't like it. I, he should at least have put a few other teams with, that were unrealistic yeah. on there. Like he should have named a team that they that would never get him. You know, somewhere like Utah, and they were like, "We're not going to give you three picks for Dame. He'll be so miserable here. We're trying to tank and rebuild anyway." So, and I I think I t- talked to you on Twitter about this, and when his agent was like, "No." No matter where he goes, he's going to be committed wherever he gets traded to. And I'm like, okay, let's prove that and send Dame to Oklahoma City because they can offer Portland 
some God package of like draft picks and young assets without necessarily having to give up say Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, they're like, almost, let's see. They're, they're let's see how committed good. you are then, Dane. That team is almost too good to laugh at in this scenario. <laughs> like, it's really we, not. All right, fine. It's the, it's, it's like, it's the city. I, I, it's the city. It's the city. It's what it is. Um, but, but I, let, let's throw Detroit in there too. Like, let's see yeah. how you are to play for Detroit. If they were just like, we're all, we've been off the map for so many years since Ben Wallace put us back on the map, man. And they just played for him. How willing are you? How about how about like Houston? <laughs> yeah, really. Or you, <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Oh my God. So, is this the, situation here? Is because I go back the last time I can remember is something like this damaging to someone's rep. Is this better or worse than how Durant moved his way to Golden State? It's not quite apples to apples because you could argue that Durant was weaker. They'd already won the 2015 title and they won 73 games and lost. And you essentially replaced Harrison Barnes. You made that not just a super team. You made that the greatest team of all time. And I've watched the 96 and 97 Bulls, but I would take the 2017 Warriors over them pretty handily, comfortably. I'm I'm old school. I'm always going to take the '96 Bulls, but that's beside the point. Besides, um, but anyway, you, like, but on the other hand, on the flip side, he was a free agent and he had the right to make that decision. He was, Whereas, yes. Dane, you you're under contract. You've taken so many contracts now from this team. I know you're the greatest player in history. I know it's time for you to leave, but you're going about it in a way that makes you go from this guy who's impossible not to like possible not to root for to a guy who's impossible to root for from my perspectives and it's just way harder now yeah it totally changes the way i see one of the all-time great players and i used to have these conversations like if he was in steph curry's situation with draymond and clay and eventually kd how many rings would he have and how differently might we see him than steph in another situation he's that good blah 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 we might be talking about him that way if he won a finals MVP in Miami next season. But to hold your own franchise hostage in this regard, having signed that extension, if you were so hell-bent on getting out of Portland, then don't take that two-year extra extension. Then they would feel compelled to trade you. Because if you were on a two-year deal, they'd say, well, you're going to be expiring the season after this. We better recoup our value now. Let's pivot to our disgruntled quote-unquote would you call him disgruntled i i don't know i don't know if i would necessarily use that adjective let's let's move to our disgruntled mr james harden oh yes Uh, there have there has been some new developments uh first of all on libertyballers.com where you can read about dame lillard james harden and more uh harrison grimm posted about Tracy McGrady's sounding off on James Harden's trade dec- request. Um, M- Mr. Beck, our, our beloved Howard Beck, at, just stated, quote, he de- he's demanded a trade away from the reigning MVP. And this is what McGrady said, quote, that makes zero sense to me. Not only that, but I look at all the teammates he's played with. James has probably played with more Hall of Famers than anybody in the league, and he doesn't have to 
a ring to show for it. I don't know what he's looking for. Um, I completely agree 100% with everything Tracy is saying in that. Totally agree. You have your you have your bag, you have your money, you've been paid before and time again. What do you want? If you want a ring, stay here, stop rocking the boat. If you want your bag, go ahead, move on. You cannot have it both ways, James. You can't. It's one or the other at this stage of your career. Am I am I speaking out of am I speaking out of pocket here? I I guess I feel a little bit torn on this subject because I don't feel good about the Sixers, and a lot of that has to do with James Harden. I don't have a ton of faith in James Harden. Right. I, I was not surprised to see him ball out so much in games one through five and then disappear for game six and seven. And if he had just been okay in game six, they could have beat the Celtics. I wasn't surprised, and that's – he has that reputation. He has amazing playoff games, so he doesn't always choke. But he does have some big chokes on his resume, and it's really, really difficult to feel great about him coming back if he's not happy. On the flip side, he I don't think it's fair what McGrady has said about all those Hall of Famers he's played for. Yes, he played with Dwight Howard, but he wasn't in his prime. He played with Russell Westbrook, but he wasn't anything like the player who was playing in Oklahoma at that point in 2020. He had a quad injury, just getting over COVID. Um, And when he had Chris Paul, they were the best team in the league, and they might have beat the 2018 Super Team Warriors. And to me, that's one of the best achievements of a lot of players' careers that season that they had. And Harden was great in that playoff, too. So I think that part of it is unfair. And I also think it's pretty wild when we read Sam Amick of the athletics say Harden was looking for an extension with the Sixers and he got silent signals from them. And when Amick contacted the Sixers side, a source says stuff like Maury didn't want to get another tampering charge. And I'm thinking Mm. everybody tampers. This is a guy that you've got this long tenured relationship with. Your career would be nothing without him. It launched your career. It launched Sam Hinkie's career. It launched, you know, Raphael Stone, Gerson Rosas. Where would all these guys be without James Harden? And to go silent on him, thinking we can't get, we can't be tampering, or if we don't contact him, maybe he'll opt in, and then we'll we can target a max contract next summer. Correct. Or whatever, whatever they're thinking. Maybe we can lowball him once he opts out because Houston has spent all their money. And we can get a really, really nice discount on a three-year deal. Whatever they were thinking, it's a pretty sizable breach. And Daryl put the 76ers before his relationship. And I think in a lot of ways, that's going to always be a permanent mark on his legacy. That, you know, there's this tremendous marriage, but then they're always going to have this exit that they that felt unharmonious. Unless things change, that's where we stand now. And I don't blame James for wanting out after that. I mean, if there were promises made, and I assume that there were at least implications, powerful implications made, not only when he was asking for out from Brooklyn, right? Because right. you're not going to ask out when you expect Brooklyn to give you a four or five year max to go to Philly unless you think you're getting one there. So someone must have given him the indication they were going to take care of him. He has a poor showing against Miami. His hamstring still hurt. It never comes. 
Maybe he saw a two-year deal and was like, you know what? F it. I'll take a one-year deal and bring PJ and House on board. Let's go. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. With the idea or the implication, again, no promises made, obviously, but the implication that I'll get paid next summer, I don't blame him for wanting out. I don't blame him for asking out. Um, I can see it from his perspective. It sucks from the Sixer side in that he's not going to be happy. He doesn't want to play for Nick Nurse now because you would have liked to see how he could handle that offense but as the Sixers fan I'm not excited about this but as a object more objective fan when I put that hat on I, I get hard POV so I, I can't fully agree with the Tracy McGrady analysis I guess I that that's fair and we get to the comments that uh Ramona Shelbourne and company said today on NBA Today uh we they think the Clippers are in wait and see mode but then Ramona is like the Sixers have made it and are pretty clear in that they're going to entertain conversations because he asked them to, but Daryl has made it clear that he's not going to make that trade for anything less than a player that they think puts them on the same percentage to win a championship. Before the break, you mentioned a player like Terrence Mann and a pick and like a Marcus Morris or a uh, Nick Batum as just contract filler. I don't know if that puts them in the same percentage tier, but at least gives them some wiggle room to work with a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it would put them in the same percentage tier unless you believed James was going to tank your season, essentially. Yes. Um, Which is what we saw in Houston and kind of saw in Brooklyn, too. I don't blame him for doing it in Houston. He had every right to ask out. He declined, unlike Damian Lillard, he was offered that exact same type of two-year, $100 million extension, and he said, no, thanks. And he declined it. He declined it. That's how you get a trade, because now they say, we have no leverage. We don't want you to leave us for nothing. Had he taken that, and that was a four-year deal, it would be pretty absurd to be demanding I need to go to the Clippers right now. And I think that would have gotten him some type of memo from Adam Silver. But it's very (laughs) different what he's done, doing it when he's like five months away from hitting an unrestricted free agency. So I'll I'll further defend James in relation to Dame in that instance too, because I've seen some people comparing the two online. Why didn't James get a memo? Is he going to get a memo? No, 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 no. Totally different. Totally different situation. You can't make the Dame... James Harden parallels completely different because I don't like, think like he even said, has the market to diminish. If Dame's no. agent is telling people don't trade for him, I don't think that Harden's agent needs to tell many people that. I mean, maybe the Knicks call when Ramona says uh, the Clippers and a couple other teams. It's felt like a throw in line to me when because we've already heard, I think Ian Begley said the, the Knicks did make a call about James if the price were really right, but as people like, I think who was it, Bobby Marks pointed out, like it would, yeah, it was Bob Marks. They'd, they'd have to include a guy like R.J. Barrett, who they're not ready to trade to give up no on. Way. And I'm not sure that Maury would even consider that after the way Barrett played last year. So I don't know. It's always fun in the summertime. There's always something going on in Sixers land and even in Eagles land. And listen, OK, I'm going to finish the podcast with this. OK, the Eagles Kelly Greens were re-released today. I get it. It is a sense of history for this franchise. I love the Eagles, Kelly Greens. But David, why are people acting like they couldn't get a Kelly Green before today? 
Like you could always get a <laughs> Kelly Green Randall Cunningham or a Kelly Green Jerome Brown or pick any player from that Kelly Green era. Like it was always there. Me personally, I am fiscally responsible. I am not paying premium jersey prices for a player's uniform who may or may not be here in five years. Mm. I have a list of four players who I would get a Kelly Green jersey for, and they are because they are Eagles lifers right now. And I'll give you the list, and you can say thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever, what have you. Wait, can I guess? You can guess. Go ahead. Hurts, Kelsey. Hurts is not one, but Kelsey is. Devontae? No. AJ? No, I'll just give you the list. Here's the list. All right. All right. This is my this is this is my fantastic four list of Kelly Greens that I would buy because they are Eagles lifers. Jason Kelsey is one. Lane Johnson is two. Brandon Graham is three. Fletcher Cox is four. That's mm. it. Yeah. That's it. That's the list. They all have rings. They all have rings. They've all been with this franchise for 10 years or more. That's it. They're, That's they're the minted. list. They are minted. They're going into the Eagles ring of honor when they retire. Thousand percent. No question about it. Okay. Those are my Kelly Greens. If you woke up and you tailgated at 3.30 in the morning, I do not knock the hustle. I applaud the hustle. I applaud the dedication. That is just not something I'm willing to do unless they are on that list of four that I have. I don't know if you feel similar, but that's me. I, you know, as you're saying this, I'm picturing myself in a Kelly Green, Devontae Smith, or DeAndre Swift, and I just, in my mind, it looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now, some people have brought Hassan Riddick to my table because he's from Philadelphia and he plays for the Eagles now. I Okay, I'll give some consideration to Hassan Reddick. I will give some consideration to that. But still, I'm not I'm not ready to do that with him. What about Rashad Penny? Could you, can I get you on board? No, absolutely not. Because I'm not <laughs> sure if he's going to be on the field for the Eagles this year. He's got injury <laughs> concerns. Yeah, he certainly does. But like, I'm not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> a, Kelly, ah. a Kelly Green Penny. That just has a nice ring to it. It, it kind of does. I, I do. I, I do like the idea of a Hassan Reddick just because it's a prime number. It's number seven. But again, I could I can get it's not it's not a Kelly Green. It's Bednarik Green from like the 60s. But I can get one of those in a Michael Vick and feel way better about myself. If this is zero, you could actually wear that to a Sixers game and say you're repping Maxi too. I could do that, but it would have to be a blank number zero, wouldn't it? Maybe you just put over the Swift for the night, maybe. <laughs> you, just put, you just put a maxi on there for one night. I love how you're trying to rationalize my spending money on this game. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate this very much. But however you do it, whenever you do it, like enjoy your purchasing of Eagles Kelly Greens. And while you're doing it in line, listen to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network if you are also a fan of the Sixers in this town. You can follow myself. I'm on Twitter, uh, X, at Adobe Royster. David is at David Early. You can follow the site at Liberty underscore Ballers. 
the site, libertybowlers.com. We have all the offseason coverage you could ever want. And then some, we do have something that I would like to tease. It is our top 100. That is coming down the pipeline. So be on the lookout for that. Dave, I believe you're participating in that, right? I am, yes. I have the ninth out of 10th pick, which I think is a pretty big disadvantage. Uh, if you get to if you get three picks in the top 10, 21, three picks in the top 21, that's a really strong opening. You could start with Joker on the on the t- comeback. You can take a guy like Donovan Mitchell and I don't know who's going to fall. Kyrie Irving, maybe. I, I wanted to be on this panel, but I, I got the messages late because I was working. So sadly, I'm not in on this, but I will critique all of these picks you you just you boys just wait you boys and girls just wait it's coming yeah i think uh i think it's gonna be really fun it was fun last year until then we will talk to everybody next week we are back from vacation so we are back and thriving doing this podcast that we love because we love sixers fans and we want to do everything that we can to keep them informed and make them happy. Sometimes we can't do that at the same time, but we attempt Mm. anyway. Rarely. We are going to try. We're going to try our damnedest (laughs) in this offseason. We can guarantee you that. Until next week, Adil Royster, David Early, we are out of here. Talk to everybody next week. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.